You like the way I kiss? Yes, I love you a lot. Do you love me? Alright guys, hi there and welcome to Lost in the Long Box. The theme music has changed for this week because it is our Halloween episode. Um, my name is Randall, i got my two guests here. Or Tom- not my two guests, my two other hosts, sorry. Thomas. I'm the madman. Right. I, I have to interrupt for just one second. Every time you say, my name is Randall, I want to say, and he's a berserker. And he's a berserker. Every I'm a berserker. time. Yeah. My name is Randall, and he's a berserker. I can be a berserker if you like. Anyway, guys, um, so that opening uh, theme music was actually by a horror rock band out of Phoenix, Arizona named Calabrese. Um, and I want to thank Bobby, Jimmy, and Davey Calabrese for graciously allowing us to use that piece of music. You can find them at calabresrock.com. That's C-A-L-A-B-R-E-S-E, rock.com. Check out their music, their tour dates. Uh, they got a lot of videos on there. I think they even have a video for that song, Vampires Don't Exist. A um, bunch of great guys, also big comic book lovers. I was hoping to have one of them on the show, but they're a little busy. But thank you guys for letting us use that. Yes, thank you. That was a pretty sweet intro. Thank you. So, guys, how was your weekend? What happened? Anything good? Anything exciting? Not really. I was supposed to go to a comic convention this weekend, but couldn't because my brother had to go and get married. Yeah, damn your brother. <laughs> I know. Pretty selfish guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know the joke here, his brother also bought him a copy of Black Panther number one over the, over summer, so I don't think did, you can did trust... Did he have to buy you to get to get you to the window? <laughs> no, 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 no. Damn. Tell him he bought me some comics. I'd have gone to the wedding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a pretty good guy. He was. Uh, I was a little upset about losing some of my comic books, so the next thing I know, he goes, well, here, this doesn't make up for him, but here's a copy of Black Panther number one. I'm like, well, thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, he bought you off. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little. <laughs> for half a second, I thought you said he brought him off, and I'm like, hey, that's a whole different subject. We don't want to go there. Yeah. All right, so let's, let's, before we get into the horror aspect of the show and some horror comics... Let's hit a couple of noteworthy news items from the last week, because, you know, I, I love to comment on stuff that catches my eye. So, it looks like CBS has announced they're going to be doing a comedy Star Trek animated series called Lower Deck. This was announced on October 25th. And you will love this, Mad Men. It's being done by Mike uh, McMahon, um from Rick and Morty fame. Oh, cool. So, what I find really interesting about this is... Um, Obviously, they have noticed the Orville being successful and Galaxy Quest, and they're like, you know, if these shows are actually poking fun of us, maybe we should just do it ourselves. Right. So they didn't have a release date on it, and they did say it was going to be animated, and it looks like I'm really hoping they're going to use that old filmation style from the Star Trek cartoon back then, and it's going to oh be, my God. have it be really? comedy set. So. <laughs> I'm really hoping that comes out. That might work. Well, the original Star Trek, the animated series, was kind of a comedy in its own right. Exactly. I mean, maybe not intentionally. But yeah, but, it, but yeah but unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it only had two good episodes that everybody loves. Obviously, Infinite Vulcan 
and then the more tribbles, more troubles. Episode. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody loves tribbles. Exactly. Who doesn't love a tribble? I don't right. want one. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be too interested in the, the Star Trek on purpose comedy, though. It's, Right, yeah, yeah. you kind of have to see how it plays out. Yeah, right? I mean, maybe it, I'll maybe I'll check it out. I do like the Orville. That's a great show. Orville's great. I can't wait for that to come back. But but I don't know about an on purpose Star Trek com- animated comedy. I, I don't know. Right. Well, well, I mean, if it's talk about the lower decks, I mean, there's one thing that's always irritated me about Star Trek, and it's like there's very few enlisted people. Right, and all these ranks are based upon naval ranks. You know, captain, lieutenant, uh, commander. Um, even Chief O'Brien, he's the first enlisted person that you ever saw in a Star Trek episode. And so, I mean, having served in the Navy, I'm just the whole... One of the biggest reasons why I'm pissed off at Star Trek, and I hate Star Trek, is because you're not talking about the enlisted guys, the poor little E4 like me down there actually doing all the work and not just all these uh, effeminate British dudes with French names talking to each other (laughs) about... About the right thing to do in this socialist society the Federation has become. Well, remember, Star Trek Next Generation did delve a little more onto the, the lower classes, the enlisted men. Um, there were several episodes of that. So, and I think that's what's going to happen with Lower Decks, is I think the officers like Kirk and what have you are going to be in the background and it's going to delve more with the, the, the grunts who are actually doing the day-to-day work. So, anyway, look yeah. forward to that. Yeah, we'll check it out. Other thing, and I actually put this out on the Lost in the Long Box Facebook for you guys to look at. We have seen our first actual photo from the annual CW Arrowverse crossover, and this one was with Batwoman and Supergirl. Yeah, I like that costume. So, that looks really tight. Yeah. If you, the only problem I have with it is the hair for Batwoman looks a little too bright red, and it's to yeah, the point that it's an yeah, obvious too, wig. Yeah. It needs to be a shade darker. And I'm really hoping that they took that photo and the directors and producers all said the same thing. Like, okay, that is too red. need to tone it down. Yeah. Other than that, I think the costume was pretty, uh, pretty true oh, to the Oh, it's spot on. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty spot on. It's one of the, yeah. one of the best uh, ones they've had. I think that that's why they do those promo- promotion photos so that people can look right. at it and say, get some comments on it. Well, and they always say, too, yeah. what the costume looks like in person and what it looks like when it actually gets on film is it rarely makes it to film when you see the first shots of the costume because oh, then yeah. it, it doesn't photograph well or it comes up too dark or the blue ends up looking black yeah, or what the have lighting would be different exactly yeah. so there but actually it looked really good uh, i like that photo so i immediately turned around and posted it on our facebook so guys go out to the lost in a long box facebook and you'll see that photo up there dc universe um Madman, you should love this. I'm loving Apparently, it Apparently, the new Titans promo for the next episode gave us a sneak peek of the Doom Patrol. <gasps> including, because I believe Doom Patrol is going to be getting their own show as well. Oh, damn it. Damn you, DC. <laughs> so, yeah. Damn you, CW. Oh. This is not actually on CW. That's on DC Universe, but I, I caught so that. I got, so, yeah, if you watch the uh, promo they're for, gonna, they're for make, new Titans, Doom Patrol is showing up in it. They're going to make me subscribe. And the very first person you see is Mr. Negative, and he is actually all wrapped up in bandages with the sunglasses. And Negative I'm like, man. Yes. Negative man. Sorry. My bad. Is Mento in there? I, I didn't notice if Mento was in there. Because I noticed they had an elastic. He, sh- he should have a corporate sponsorship. He should. Mentos. The fresh oh, man. God. Um, the other news that I kind of thought was a little bit interesting, Marvel Cinematic Universe has announced that, A, we're getting the Black Widow movie in 2020, but, and this is the one I'm excited for, they also announced they're doing an Eternals movie for 2020. That has a lot of potential to be really good. Or, or really bad. Or tank really hard. <laughs> well, kind of like uh, Inhumans? Yeah. Ooh, right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, let's too hope soon, I guess. Too soon. Yeah, let, let's hope it does well. I just picked up Eternals number one for five bucks about a couple weeks ago. So, you know, let's let's hope it does well. That was they, Yeah, they printed a lot of those. That was actually one of my favorite series. I remember buying issue one when it came out, and then it took me several years, and I'm not kidding, years to find issue two through 19, I think, in the annual. So it didn't even make a full two years. And, you know, that's the book. That Kirby did when he came back from yeah. DC because yeah. he left Marvel, went to DC, did Mr. Miracle, the new guys, all that, and all that stuff. Yeah. Tanked, and then he came back to Marvel and did Eternals. Yeah. You know, I I've read some of Kirby's stuff when he was doing Captain America and other things, and I and I've told you about this before that I didn't particularly care for his writing, but then I started reading Eternals on on a Marvel Unlimited, and I I'm enjoying it. It, it gets it's, it's really good. It, it gets much, his writing got much better. He must have taken was, lessons from Stan or somebody. I was quite surprised yeah, at how much assist. I liked it because you know when I was reading his run, some of his run on Captain America, I was like, this isn't. I don't like this. <laughs> well, I remember when I first started rereading all my original Mr. Miracles when I went, got all the back issues and completed the run. I think I got like the third or fourth issue in. I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> God, this man couldn't write. Yeah, he yeah, could draw. People, yeah, he could draw. He could draw. His, right. his art is, was fantastic, and I, you know, and I would hold it up against you know pretty much anybody today. Right. I, yeah. I thought his art was fantastic, and I still do. And well, his, at, but, the, at the time where uh, Todd McFarlane and Image Image Comics be, got created, I think the biggest argument was why artists shouldn't write is Jack right. Kirby. Right. I mean, I think that was the biggest argument at the time. And then we found out that yeah. artists shouldn't write because of Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Liefeld just sit and draw. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But I mean, you know, Young Blood was pretty bad. Well, but anyway, still bought one. Um, well, so did I. <laughs> and see, and see, that brought up a point. I think Kirby's big problem because he had grand ideas. I mean, the oh, whole, no doubt, no doubt, the whole Very new gods ideas. and yeah. the whole dark scene. that was great. He lacked story structure. He didn't know how to structure it cohesively. And it well, was bigger than his ability to create a narrative inside and, that kind of environment. Exactly. And and with me too, some of it was a lot his of it concept, too was his his concept dialogue. was world sized, but the actual skills to pull it off was pea sized. Yeah, and <laughs> I I didn't like a lot of his dialogue either. I thought oh, it, yeah. I thought it seemed dated even by the time period standards yeah, yes, too. It did. Yes. So that was, that was one of my complaints. But you know, like you said, he was a creative man. He he came up with a lot of great ideas. It just you know right. Shouldn't be writing, Barry. All right, next piece of news, and this is, ah, uh, there are so many Star Wars fans that are just going to cry in their coffee on this one, and one of them is a friend of ours. I read that the Boba Fett spinoff is now done. Nefito not happening. Good. Yeah, so. they, there was a lot of talk about that after, after Solo tanked, Solo. that they weren't going to be doing any more of the, you know, the uh, standalone movies. So I never saw. I haven't seen Solo yet. I mean, I'm, I guess I'll get around to it eventually. It's well, pro- I think it's the only Star well, Wars movie, go, you know, since I've been old enough to go to the theater to see them that I haven't actually seen at the theater. Yeah, Rogue's Rogue One, um, uh, the Solo story. I mean, th- these are like thirty years too late. Right. You know, we needed them like in the late eighties. I enjoyed. 90s, I, I enjoyed Rogue One. Rogue, I thought that was really now, see, good. Rogue One was an enjoyable movie. I like that. I thought that was really good. It, it tells a story. Okay. In, yeah. in of New Hope, where they said, Better you know, than a lot we of had an operative die to get us this information, and you get to see the story behind getting those Death Star plans. So I do like Rogue One. Uh, I also like the the whole thing when you ask people what order do you watch all the movies, they give you the hatchet order, where they say Rogue One and then New Hope and then Empire Strikes Back, and then you watch episodes two and three as flashbacks, and then you do. Return of the Jedi. Oh my God! Seriously? Yeah, you haven't heard you haven't heard of the Hatchet Order. I didn't know the order, but I've heard that there was you, one. Like you that, totally, yes. ki- you totally take Phantom Menace and, and just kick it out, 
and then you watch Rogue One to see how it starts, and then you watch Episode Four, New Hope. Then you watch Empire Strikes Back. That's friggin' crazy, dude. And remember, Empire Strikes Back ends with Han Solo being frozen in the carbonite, and <laughs> off he goes. Then you watch Episodes Two and Three as a flashback sequence to see how the Empire came to power, and then you watch Return of the Jedi. This this is what happens. Or when, you uh, or you're traditional like me, and you just say F those three, and you watch four, five, and six, and you're well, that's done. What, <laughs> that's what that's what happens when you have somebody who has a serious OCD problem, and They've seen all the Star Wars movies and said, I watch Star Wars. And it's like, oh, no, no. Let me tell you the exact order. You need to put it in. And it's like, and then they have a conversation. And, well, what's Game of Thrones? And it's like, let me tell you the exact order of episodes of Game of Thrones. Right. You need to, it's like, don't listen to people like that. Don't listen to them. Watch it on your own terms. It's like, this is the way you need to watch it. Right. Well, it's I ridiculous. can just, just tell you that's, that's how a lot of the Star Wars fans say they prefer to watch it. But anyway. I can't believe you read that crap. Boba Fett movie got, I don't read it. It's like on internet. Come on. You, you know how this You must have read it somewhere if you put it in your head. Yes, I did, actually. On those interwebs. I've, I've read it several times on Facebook groups. Um, oh, so here's some other big news. This will make everybody happy. Marvel Studios has announced that hopefully, knock on wood, the trailer for Avengers 4 should drop by the end of the year. Oh, that would be great. End of the year is only two months away, so I see that coming soon. You want me to get excited about a trailer? I actually do want you to get excited about a trailer. <laughs> well, I personally don't I don't watch trailers anymore because I like to be surprised because they give away too much anymore. Just the fact that we'll finally get to hear what the title is of Avengers 4. And, and let's face it, that's going to set up, what is it, Phase 4 or Phase 5 now for MCU? I want to say it's... This is. I think we're in. I think it's going to be five. I think we're in phase four right now. So yeah, the producers group blocked me. They they won't let me in there anymore. What producers group? The MCU producers Facebook group. Well, you always crap talking their movies. That's why. Well, I yeah. Oh. (laughs) See, I probably won't see. I'm not too worried about the trailer. I probably won't go out of my way to see it because I know I'm going to see that movie opening night. So there's, you know. Right. I don't need to necessarily see the trailer. It's not. Yeah, super I important. mean, you don't have to tell me when the next trailer's coming out. When's the friggin' movie coming out? Yeah, uh, I, March or April next year, right? Somewhere. Around I, I want to say I, I'm thinking April. I'm not right. positive. So when it starts April. getting warm again, and it's just now getting cold, so right. I don't really care. Yeah, sure. and like I said, I know I'm going to see it opening night. So I mean, it'd be cool <laughs> Actually, to see, but I'm not going to go out of my the way. Lost and the Longbox crew will be seeing that because we're going to have to cover it. It's our job. For oh, the yes. show. It's, it's your job now. It's our jobs now. And you know what? If I, I have to make that sacrifice and I go know, that know, Thursday right? night, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a horrible job. But it's somebody, somebody had, has to do it. I had to come to the studio earlier and read a bunch of horror comic books just for tonight's we, show. First, first world and problems, right? What a right. We are butt. sacrificing yeah. this for you guys, just so you know. It's, it's horrible. First world it's horrible. problems. Also, and this one, I just, I just really don't see how you're going to do this. They have completed the script for a sequel to Labyrinth. And I keep screaming, Why? There's there's David no David dead. there's no David Bowie there's no Jim Henson just let the classic alone leave it alone. What is up with that? Why do people like? I don't know why people have been wanting a sequel for so freaking long. Can you I, dress up like I don't know Justin Bieber in some crazy lycra suit and have him with like crazy frizzy hair and like Sarah. Oh, gross. I don't think you should really do a sequel to any movie that that that's. That old. I mean, sometimes it might work out. I would but just in general. It's just I would prefer an actual just total remake mm-hmm. of the movie with new actors, like a new Jareth and a new Sarah, and what have you, instead of doing a sequel to the original. But, uh, but but then, even then, but, the, it's but like, then the fanboys and girls will be right. like, it's not as good as the original. Well, so that's why I think a sequel is better. I mean, uh, let's let's be honest. You the only the only sequel I can think of that came out years later of the original 
that was actually very entertaining and good was Return to Oz. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but I mean, with Fruza Balk is a little, little girl. Oh, no, I haven't seen it, yeah. actually. Well, I was thinking Blade I mean, Runner 2049 was good, and it came out years later, but that's such a dry, that yeah. is such a dry movie, and it drags. What, you think Blade Runner, the original, did wasn't dry and didn't drag? It, it had a little more but, action than, well, yeah, actually, I had to, I'll have to concede that point. Yes, that's a bit of a dry. I haven't seen, okay. yeah. I haven't seen 2049 because I wasn't a fan of the original. Let, yeah, let's not romanticize. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the original. Okay, case in point, true. All right, so that's <laughs> that's the noteworthy news. Let's go ahead and get into what this is, the Halloween episode, and let's talk about some horror comics. And let's start with the classics. EC Comics. All right. Going back. EC, ladies and gentlemen, are the reason you had that little weird white stamp that said approved by the Comics Code Authority back in the 70s and 80s before they finally realized that they weren't relevant and they disappeared in the mid-90s. Because they're writing comics about rape and shit. Right. (laughs) But their big titles um, were uh, like Tales from the Crypt, Haunt of Fear, Vault of Horror. But here's what's really awesome. Those were their three horror titles, but they also had some titles that while they weren't strictly labeled as horror, some of the tales told them could very easily have fallen into horror. It's like crime suspense stories, because I actually wrote these down. I had to look them all up. Crime suspense stories, shock suspense stories, weird science, weird fantasy, weird science fantasy. Because, you know, weird science and weird fantasy wasn't enough. We had to have a third title combining those. But if you looked at some of those books... They could have easily been in the horror genre. Well, and there's the one uh, that I was looking up here, too, from EC, Crime Patrol, which was the yeah. right. number 15, which is actually the first appearance of the Crypt Keeper. Crypt Keeper? Yeah. Seems like an odd place for him to make a yeah, first right. appearance, but, you know. But, I mean, the, the, the thing is, though, with those comic books, is this is all happening in post-war uh, United States, where romance and horror movies, uh, horror comics started, like, booming. And, uh, and so then you'd have... The, the title that sells is Weird Fantasy. And so next thing you know, they're like, we're making money on these titles. We need to make more titles like this. It was like Weird Science Fantasy. Science Weird Fantasy. Fantasy that's science, science-like and weird. Yeah. <laughs> they're making all sorts of titles with well, those like combinations well, of see, successful titles. That's a great point that you just yeah. made, Madman, because I actually, when I was looking up the history of EC, they start mm-hmm. in like 1944, yeah. I think. Right about and, the end of the war. Yeah. And all their titles were not horror titles. Mm-hmm. They were like um, almost the equivalent of Howdy Doody, Little Lulu, things of that nature. Yeah. The Cartoons, horror, yeah. The horror line for them starts in 1950, and it only lasts five years. It lasts in 1955. But, and you know why? What happens? Guess what happens? Batman knows this. Seduction of the Innocent. Frederick Wortham shows up and starts telling us that comic books are corrupting our youth. But here's what was great. For those five years that they were printing horror stories, they were so influential that all the other publishers started putting out horror titles. Yeah. And I think one of the stats that I read, and hold on to your hats, they said at one point there was going to be some over 300 issues of 18 different horror titles coming out. Think about that. Yeah. Well, because that's, that's a lot. We, that's right. what was Especially selling. Especially back in the day, too. That's right. what was selling. Exactly. And uh, there's even been uh, times in, like, the uh, comic books. I just want to give a shout-out to Shock Monkey Radio on uh, at 6. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow on, night? Yeah, tomorrow night on Tuesday nights. Plug your show. Go ahead. But um, <laughs> the issue is, is that there... There are even people who say it is like uh, comic books that put monkeys or gorillas on mm-hmm. their cover sell more 
then yep. and so that there was a big influx in like that era in that particular era where they start putting gorillas and monkeys on covers trying to get more sales so for you wow okay so yeah, for you readers who weird. don't know part of the reason that ec comics was so influential in the horror market was because they said hey we're printing a horror can we show some blood here well it's a horror comic okay show some blood here that's not enough blood. More blood. Oh, okay. I'm like, can we put a decapitated head here? Well, it's a horror comic. It's a horror comic. Okay, put a decapitated head here. Nobody's regulating and us. And that was the exact <laughs> yeah. issue, is nobody was regulating or watching the comic books until yeah. one saw child psychologist. And I guarantee you what happened is he had a son or daughter that picked up Boss of Horror or something, yeah. and his eyes bugged out, and he went, what the hell? Right, Seduction of the Innocent. That's, is that an actual comic, Seduction of the Innocent? Or? No, we can talk about this later. Okay. This comic book later, but... This is Fred, Frederick Wortham. Right. And so Frederick Wortham, just a child psychologist. Yeah. Just because he's a doctor, people listen to him. Looked at all of those and said, these are corrupting our youth. And standards came along. There were certain things that couldn't be done. Because what happened is, he went back and started looking at EC's other titles. And then that's when he found out that, wow, there's a lot of tied up women on the covers. Wow, there's a lot of violence in these crime comics. And he took it. There was a whole Senate hearing on this. and. Yeah. All the comics got a little slap on the wrist and said, you know better these are little children buying your books. You, you guys can't be doing that. Yeah, first world problems. Right? And the problem is it <laughs> it straight up killed EC. I mean, their yeah. business and anybody else printing they horror were comics. Yeah, they yeah, were targeted. They, their comics just died. And if you look at EC's printing from 1955 on, it is just not the same. Yeah. Which, by the way, and I looked this up, and I'm, I don't have any myself. I'm going to have to go buy some. If you want to read any of those great EC comics – Dark Horse Comics is actually doing hardcover archive editions of them. And I know, I think they're doing all of them. I think they're even doing their non-horror yeah, comics. It, so. it, uh, DC bought that property, the EC property, didn't they? Well, it's Dark Horse, not DC. Oh, really? Yeah, Dark Horse is doing the archives. Because they also, another car, I, another horror title, they're also doing archives for um, Eerie and Creepy from old Warren publishing days. Oh, right. Ah. Which is another great company on here. Warren that did eerie and creepy and a whole bunch of other titles too like rook in 1994 oh right, right and their other title which everyone thinks of is vampirilla but i'm gonna have to argue vampirilla to me is not really a horror comic no it's a book to tug off to right. exactly don't get me wrong i love it some vampirilla <laughs> right but it wasn't really a horror comic no and you know when you were talking about ec you know ec lived on you know much later with the uh, tales from the crypt tv show on hbo you know Many, many years after they went out of business. Well, yeah, but that, at that point, it was like damage done, I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, EC had been out of business for, you know, 40 years at that point. But, I mean, you know, but I you think, were talking about it being influential and everything but 40 think, years after its death. But I think that that's, that's why they went to HBO with that, because they knew it was adult content that had – there was a market for oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's why I think Tale, Tales of the Crypt, I mean, I thought it was really good. I did at the time. I haven't seen it in years, so I don't know whether it holds up or not. But at the time, I loved it. Well, that came out in the 80s, and let's be honest, very few shows from the 80s hold up well. Yeah. I actually liked it, Tales from the Crypt. I thought that was pretty good. And that's kind of how I prefer to take in that kind of uh, genre. Right. And, uh, visually, and, or uh, movie-wise. or I had the first two DVD sets when they first came out, and at that point in time, I still enjoyed it. But that was years ago, so, I mean. You still got them? I do not know, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, I'd like so to rewatch bring, bring this. Up, bring them by. <laughs> but so anyway, because of EC and their horror comics, and Tom, you might probably have some of these, DC and Marvel got into the act. And some of the ones that I really love from DC 
and they had a pretty long list too. They had Secrets of Haunted House. They had yeah. House of Mystery. Yep. House of Mystery is where we got Swamp Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First premiere there. They had Tales of the Unexpected, which ironically, Tales of the Unexpected was a science fiction um, book. And they just changed it to Unexpected and changed the format to horror because horror was selling. Horror was selling. And then Witching Hour, Ghost, Weird Monster Tales, Swamp Thing, Secrets of Central House. So, And then Marvel, not to be outdone, said, well, we need to jump on that bandwagon too. <laughs> they had like Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf by Night, Dead of Night, Ghost Rider, Monsters Unleashed, Dracula Lives. So yeah. as you can see, in the, the 70s and 80s were a great time for horror comics. And then they run dry. For a couple of decades, yeah, yeah, I was a I, I'm a huge fan of Tomb of Dracula. That's a that's a, a great great series. I picked it up in on Marvel Unlimited in 1970 with the 1975, and I've been reading upwards to it. I'm up to issue 50. The great Marv Wolfman wrote that. Yes, he did, and it's fantastic. It, you know, when I, the first couple I read, I was like, well, I don't know, maybe not. And then I got the, about three or four issues in, I was like, yes, the yes. guy who did Eight Legged Freaks, the guy who did Eight Legged Freaks. Barb Wolfman's uh, horror comics are great. Tomb of Dracula is is fantastic. It's the uh, it's the series that gave us Blade, the Vampire Hunter, right? You know, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But which is a lot more famous for his you know movies than he is really in the comics. But still, right? Still, it's like way to yeah, way to go, and, Wesley. And you know, I I do like the fact that Tomb of Dracula was written with you know. The bad guy as the main character, right? Yeah. So that was really cool. I mean, it's different. It's not something you see even even in this day and age. You don't well, really. I, I think it started that. a trend of the like kind of anti-hero. Uh, oh, it almost certainly yeah. did. No doubt. No. Well, because of that, like Ghost Rider. Ma- well, Punisher. Marvel tried turning around and doing like Son of Satan. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. like you said, Ghost Rider. But I think Marvel Wolfman was even a one that I don't know if he went to Marvel with the pitch for it, and they're like, "You're you're making a bad guy the the main character of the book. This isn't going to work." And then it did, right? So, but yes, that's a that's a fantastic series. I'm enjoying every issue of it. Yeah, I need to read those too. As I remember a few months ago, Thomas was texting me because he saw yard sales at antique store. He said they got a Tomb of Dracula number one here. Really? What kind of condition is it? How much do they right? want for yeah. it? And I, I passed on it. But yeah, the the most recent issue I read was it's a little out of place because it had the Silver Surfer in it, and I was like, well, I'll read it. And it was see, it wasn't bad, but I see, was like. That was a cool thing about yeah. it is he said it in the MCU, but you didn't have MCU. Damn it, he had it, he said it in the Marvel Universe, but you didn't have some Marvel hero guest starring every episode or every issue. What in the hell is wrong with me? We're on comics, not TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean it had its own it, it, its own supporting cast like your Hannibal King and your um, your Van Helsing's and stuff like that. You know, you didn't like you said you didn't have a superhero or a supervillain guest starring in every issue, and I. The, the last one that I, like I said, the last one I read had the Silver Surfer, and it felt a little bit out of place as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, did Stanley write it? No, Wolfman. But still, it was, <laughs> but still, it was a little out of place having the Silver Surfer going up against Dracula. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I get yeah. exactly what Mad Men is saying. Like, hey, we got a wacky idea. And Stanley's like, yeah, I'll write that. <laughs> yeah. Stanley would write anything, I'm sure. Exactly. Well, I just... It, I think in in that era he was uh, writing a lot of Silver Surfer stuff where he's just riding around the galaxy talking about how beautiful planets are. That's because Silver Surfer is his favorite character. Oh, and don't get me wrong, I love me some Silver Surfer. Uh, okay. I, I do, but okay. just it just seemed out of place in Tomb of Dracula. Yeah, so to say the least. So talking about horror comics, there was a uh, a publishing company that came around. I think maybe I want to say early mid nineties. 
and that was Pacific Comics. Mm-hmm. And they had two great horror titles, which was Twisted Tales and, ironically, Alien Worlds. And both of those were fantastic reads. And the thing that was great about them is they went back to that EC feel when they were out. So that's another great one. If you really have read any of the EC comics and you like the way they do that, look into Alien Worlds and Twisted Tales by Pacific Comics. Or you it'll just say PC on the, on the cover, though. So Were they mainly distributed in the West Coast? No, I, I used to buy them here in the, my local comic store. That was that was the only issue, though. They weren't available in the direct, on, or they weren't available in the open market. You could only get them in direct. Direct, market. okay. So, and yeah, in that time, I was still buying newsstands. Right. So, have you guys got any old horror comics that you that you like that you want to talk about? Because I'm about to go into some new stuff that people need to be reading. Um, horror comics is not something I own a lot of. Like I said, I, I do most of my reading on uh, the Marvel Unlimited app. I've had some, you know, some of the experience with Tomb of Dracula, which I've loved. Some Werewolf by Night, not so much. Yeah. But, but you know, Tomb of Dracula is definitely up there. I haven't really got delved into a lot of the other stuff after, after that. Um, what about you, Madman? You got anything for us? He's got uh, some stuff there. Yeah, I got a. I went through my long boxes and found like all the horror comics because I'm not really into it, but I do have stuff laying around that I. I uh, don't really want. I have the film adapt- adaptation of Eight Legged Freaks, written by Marv Wolfman. By Marv Wolfman. <laughs> and I, the, I think the only reason I have it is because somebody left it at my house. Now, who made it? Is that a Marvel DC? Who's the company? Uh, Wildstorm DC. Yeah. Well, well, Wildstorm is part of Image, which would be yeah. DC. Yeah. Okay. And um, I just wonder if they made Marv Wolfman go to see the movie. I can tell you exactly how that book got written. Marvel Wolfman got a phone call by editors that can you come to my office for a moment? He walked into the office, and at the end of it, he was told, I need you to write the adaptation for Eight-Legged Freaks. And he walked out the office going, F, 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 F. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, I'm not going to talk about what the movie was about because this is what this comic is about. Right. And do you want it? I don't, I don't. I don't know. I've why. I've never even seen the movie. You know how those things get written, right? Both those and novelizations, they hand them the script of the movie that's going to be filmed, and ninety percent of the time, the script gets revised so many times that the book you get is not the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean. I think that uh, Marv Marv Wolfman said is like an easy paycheck. That's what I'm. I'm thinking. Well, I don't think it was an easy paycheck. I would think it was you're between between assignments here. Write this. Yeah. Because depending it's on what transcribing basically, when you're right. talking about watching a movie and ad- adapting it to a comic, that's basically well. You probably didn't know that they probably gave them a copy of the script that was two or three revisions behind of what was actually being filmed. You're a tracer, man. Nobody has the heart to tell you you're a tracer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what no, else you got I'm an there? I actually got this one. This is a manga horror comic book. It's it's kind of interesting because uh, pr- it was printed. <sighs> Printed by uh, ACG Comics, where you could, I guess, reach them at ACG Comics at AOL.com. Whoa, whoa. Okay. At AOL. Yeah, this is printed in 2002, and it's basically a bunch of reprints of uh, uh, a bunch of like 60s and 70s horror comic books, and it's an ash can form, and like it's all black and white. Okay. And uh, is that the one that had a seduction of the innocent uh, thing piece in the in cover? It? I mean, it's a weird book because it says first issue on the cover. It's like, what, five bucks or six bucks for it. But then you open the inside cover and look at, you know, the. it says number two. 
Hmm. Oh. And hmm. so I just wonder if that's a metaphor, like they're just dumping on us. I don't know. Six dollars too in two thousand two. Yeah, that's, that's a price really high price book. Yeah. And so I mean, it's a real weird book, but the stories are in, that are in it were published, I believe, in Charleston Charlton Comics. Okay. Right. The reprints of those stories and. Those stories are pretty good. It's a pretty good collection of uh, that era's core. The ironic thing is this very front story, The Devil's Cauldron. Yeah. I, I want to say I read this somewhere and not in this book. Yeah. It was, like you, I said, the reprints of like Charlton, I think. I really, the thing that just kind of just really strikes me as odd, right on the very back of the front cover, after 50 years, Seduction of the Innocent, Frederick Wortham, M.D., and it tells you, it doesn't give you one iota of information of why this is important to this book. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to put that in there. I think it's like, uh, because these are, they, they could have been comics that would not have been printed otherwise. Oh, you've been, you know what I bet You don't are? see the CCA stamp on the front of that cover, do you? you know? No, but you no. know what I bet this is? I'll bet you these are stories that he highlighted in his book, which is why they've got that there. But here's the problem, though. I don't see any of the classic elements that he preached against. I don't see a lot of blood and gore. Now, this does, I do see the devil in this story, so yeah. that might be a, a thing, the giant spider. But I don't see any, I don't see any headlights. Because trust me, I can pick out headlights pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, that's an elev uh, evolutionary thing. Right. But yeah, it's, that is kind of weird that they put that on there, but they don't really... Well, I did some more research, and apparently they aren't—they aren't around anymore. Manga comics, yeah, the ACG, the ACG, and uh, I'm kind of interested. And, and if you—if you guys are interested, if you guys are interested, I have a bunch of—I have a few comic books that I have that I would like answers to. Like I have a Russian comic book. Oh, oh wow! Mm. I have. Um, Anyway, if you if you're interested, maybe over the next couple of weeks I'll start yeah, bringing in sure. odd comics and stuff. Absolutely, that I, I yeah, definitely. Oh, I love odd stuff. Madman, thank you very much. That reminded me of something. So, for the listeners out there, I'm going to issue you a challenge, and I'm going to partake of the challenge as well. So, first off, I'll give you a little personal story here. My wife and I have tons of CDs in our house, and we have very eclectic tastes. So you'll find hard rock on there with country with. Um, Broadway tunes or what have you. So about a week and a half ago, I told myself that I'm kind of tired of listening to the same stuff because I noticed I would always gravitate into some of the same CDs. So I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run a little test. From now on, I'm just going to blindly grab a CD off the shelf, not even look at it, take it to the car, and never look at it. And when I put it in, whatever it is, that's what I listen to. Are you serious? Yep. And I decided, I gave myself, the basic rules are, I have to at least try to listen to the entire CD. And I can't look at it when I pick it up. I just have to blindly grab it and take it in, put it in. If it's something that I've already listened to several times, I either have the option to go ahead and just keep listening to it or or, or take it out. So, Do you talk to yourself when you're driving or something? No, no. But these, these are the rules. These are the rules. These, these are the rules that I made up in my head. So, you know, if I'm going to do this little thing, then I should set some, some ground rules to not keep myself honest, but to make it interesting. <laughs> so the very first one I pulled out was Madonna True Blue. And then I picked out Chicago the Musical. Uh, okay. And then, not going to go down the whole list, but I put out a couple of CDs that I normally wouldn't listen to. Like, for instance, Reba McIntyre, you know, Heart to Heart or something like that. A very early oh. 70s CD. Okay. So, here's my issue, readers. 
and I'm going to join you on it, and I will actually tell you. I'll start it when I get back, um, which is another thing. I'm going on vacation after this week, so I won't hear you guys or see you guys for two weeks. Oh, we're screwed. But every week when you go to your comic shop and you're picking up your books, I want you to grab the random book you want and read and tell your dealer, you know what, give me this one too. Just any random book. It can be DC, it can be Marvel, it can be Image, it can be Dark Horse, whoever. In fact, if you don't even know, just go to your dealer and say, throw me a random book that you think is pretty good that no one else is reading and just buy that book and read it. And well, What books are nobody reading, man? Right. <laughs> yeah, man. When you, when you say, like, dealer, that's what I'm thinking. And I'll, like... go ahead, and I'll go ahead and join in. I'll, when I pick up my books from Ed over at um, Gateway Comics, I'll say, hey, man. Throw me something that nobody's reading. I'm going to start experimenting with odd titles. So there's your, there's your issue. He's going readers. to a dealer, and he's experimenting. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. That, that would not make it past the Comics Code Authority, Andy. <laughs> good thing they're dead. Yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> you just, I should imagine you walking into a comic book shop. It's like, what you got this week, man? <laughs> Scratching his neck. Scratching. Scratching himself until he bleeds or something <laughs> like that. My bookcase is empty, man. My bookcase is empty. <laughs> I can pay you tomorrow, man. <laughs> All right. You guys are just not right, which is probably why I hang out with you guys. No, you're the one that's not right. So how about some of those new horror titles? Because now that the CCA is dead and thanks to the direct market, especially uh, DC and Vertigo, because let's, let's face it, if DC hadn't started the Vertigo line, a lot of what's happening now probably wouldn't have happened because DC said, you know, hey, we have a direct market out there. They're not showing up in 7-Elevens or grocery stores. We can push the envelope because we can easily put on a cover suggested for mature yep, readers. Exactly. And if you buy it in a direct store, it's not on us. It's on your whoever you bought it from, right? So as a result of that, you now have a lot of horror titles starting to come back into the mainstream. And I'm sorry, guys. Walking Dead is not a horror title. No, it's, I can a, hear it's a played out I, premise. I can hear people out there now going, what? It may have started off as a decent horror, but that is not a horror title. Yeah, hey, it, it's, it's a evolved. drama. Hey, yeah. Yes. Hate to break it to you. Um, so I'm going to list off some that we have here, and then I'm, as I point one out, I'm going around to you guys and say, hey. By the way, also, some of these that I got came from a list of a friend of mine. Um, C.L. Vedic made this nice little article about horror titles that she likes and recommended, and she says if anyone has some others, she would like to hear from them. You'll see that article of hers linked on our Facebook page, so go on out there and take a look at it. Nice person, too. I see her every year at Dragon Con. She's one of my cosplay buddies. So... From DC slash Vertigo, Clean Room by Gail Simone, John Davis Hunt, and Quentin Winter. It's a great book. I have not heard of that, but I do like Gail Simone, so I might have to put that on the list to check out. I tell you what, she is really good with the superhero comics, so I remember when they were advertising this and it showed her as a writer, I kind of set up and went, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely, that's probably worth checking out. Well, remember, she was one of her big calling cards that made her really big was uh, Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. she nailed oh, yeah. it. She on was that. fantastic on that. So, I, I would even go so far as to say that, that book was probably not going to last if she hadn't taken over the reins of it. Actually, maybe she started it. She started the title, didn't she? May, may have. I don't. I don't remember if she started it or if she took over midway, like early on in the run. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. But you know, she was definitely the best on it. So yeah. Um, and I did. I realize now that I look at these, I probably should have given you a little back history of what they are. But you know what? What's the fun of doing that? Because then you won't go read them, right? Right. Another one that I have here. Um, this is actually fairly recent. Oh, going back to Clean Room, the great thing about that, guys, is I think it's only six or seven issues. 
and it's done. So you can either buy those as back issues or get you a trade paperback. It's not like you're going to break the bank trying to go back and get all the back issues. Another one that's really great for that by image is Gideon Falls. And I think that's only six or seven issues in. And I've read the first three, so I can tell you a little bit of the premise. A, uh, a priest is sent by his church to the town of Gideon Falls. says, we need you to take over this parish because they've lost their priest there. And he gets her to find out that the priest is actually not dead. And there's some other spooky stuff going on in the town that also seems to evolve around a mystical black barn that's obviously got some type of evil presence in it. Who so paints a barn black? Exactly. So it starts off really good. So I would recommend Gideon Falls. I should probably get the rest of that myself. I've only got the yeah, first three I, I, issues. I, just, I need to answer that barn question. Yeah, who paints a barn right, black? Right, exactly. Um, you this can't one, see it at night. This one, I actually had Mad Men read, and I, I really want to read, read this, and I just wish they would hurry up and get off their keister and do the second story arc or the second trade paperback. Mad Men, you know this one. After Life with Archie. It's, this is one I need to pick up, too. Yeah. Uh, when, when you said you, you wanted to do this Halloween episode, I was like, the only current thing that I've read that I was like a horror comic book was After Life with Archie, and I loved it. Uh, it turns it turns Riverdale on its ear, and I've al- it's something I've always wanted to do. You know, as a writer, it's just like just some serial killer shows up in Riverdale and starts murdering all the people I want to murder in Riverdale. Yeah, that's that that is really a great story, and I, I could I may even make a hit list for Riverdale. Archie in, Andrews. in the order, yeah, Archie Andrews number one. Kill I don't him. know, maybe Jughead number one. No, Jughead, I'd leave him. He's leave spared. Him. Yeah, spared, so he can go around eating all the hamburgers. Right. Well, or uh, brain burgers, I guess it would later <laughs> exactly. be. He wasn't burgers. going after Archie's trim, now was he? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that went to a place right there. That's it. I just got really dark. Now, you don't know the <laughs> dynamic between Archie and Jughead, do you? No. <laughs> you see, back off, Betty, see, man. And all these years, you always thought Reggie was a competition. No, it's Jughead. I don't, I, yeah, Reggie, I don't get why he, like Midge was so interested, you know. It was like just it, I think it was just to piss off Moose. Anyway, I'm talking about something else. So, <laughs> <laughs> my guilty pleasures of Archie. Wow, yeah, you're really into Archie. Huh? You said it was Damn a guilty it. pleasure. I my secret pleasure. Damn. Wow. I'm out of the closet, Phil. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You you can like what you like. The funny I, thing I don't is, judge. Afterlife with Archie is really The good, funny though. thing is, he started just on a roll, and I'm like, okay, mad man, go, man, go. <laughs> Says, can you believe Midge? <laughs> Wow. She's messing around with Moose with Reggie. <laughs> but anyway, because, <laughs> I don't even know where to pick up now. Because, <laughs> because of Afterlife with Archie, they then also turned around and did Jughead the Hunger. And now Vampironica, which I've only got the first two issues. I need to get issues three and four. Wait, I don't think it, four's out yet. Is it like scantily clad Vampironica? Hold on. Let me no, no. They, they make her vamp. Vampironica is not the same serious tone Vampirella. as as Afterlife is. It's a little more tongue-in-cheek, kind of actually poking fun at itself type of thing. Wasn't that something that was introduced back in like the 60s or so? I don't know. I didn't read... I wasn't reading Archie in the 60s. Well, I'm just saying you might know the history of it. Yeah. It it seems to to me that that's an older concept that they've bought back. It it might be. Well, I know there have been several... Halloween episodes where they, or issues where they go to parties and Veronica has dressed up as a vampire, so they might be going back to that. But, but for the horror comics, yeah, yeah, Jughead the Hunger and Afterlife with Archie are a little more of the whole grim, dark, you know, Riverdale's overrun with zombies, what have you. 
Vampironica. I can tell you. Here, Vampironica. The title originates from Betty and Veronica, number two sixty one, in August of twenty twelve. There you go. Oh, okay. Okay. And so that, maybe not quite back as far as I yeah. thought, but here's how I can tell you that this thing is a little more comical and poking fun at itself. The first person she confides in is Dylan, the little science nerd. Remember him? Mm-hmm. So Dilton. See, see, look, he knows the name. We have an authority. Oh, man. We have an authority here. I'm an Archie authority? That's right. <laughs> Subject matter expert right here. Listeners, when I mispronounce a name, I kid you not, Madman's head popped up. He gave me a look that shot daggers and it's just like, went, That's not Dilton. right. That's not right. Subject matter expert on Archie, the Madman. No, no lie. Damn right? it. My wasted teenage years are haunting me. <laughs> Hey, you never know. It might be a Jeopardy you know, category one of these days. And I've you might never to heard an it. Archie Jeopardy question. But that would be great if it was. <laughs> well, you know, you were, the, you were the one who had the whole dynamic about, and I don't, this might have been a conversation off the air, about why Archie is so torn between Betty and Veronica. Because, that was on the air. Huh? We had that conversation. Because Betty is a Christian, but Veronica is the yeah. one that's putting out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Maybe it's not like what, I've it's not like I've ever thought about this at all. Which sounds like a horror story all of its own right there. <laughs> oh goodness. See, the things we talk about. Yeah. So right? all right. I have a couple other horror titles here, but yeah, before horror, we, horror comics, yeah, let's talk about that. So I see something else on Madman's pile there. Uh this is a. these are the I love these old uh comics code authorities seventies uh, horror mm-hmm. comic books because the covers Number one are friggin' hilarious, and number right. two, the stories are even more hilarious mm-hmm. because because of the comics code, there are so many things you cannot do now, especially when it comes to horror. Like you can't have the devil, but you can have a trio of demon-like <laughs> men. <laughs> this is this is actually a Simon and Kirby, uh, Black Magic, Black Magic number three during the seventies, and um, the art is actually really good, especially for the times. Um, but the stories are just ludicrous because they're they're just picked apart by the, uh, the CCA. I just love this cover with the guy laying on the operating table. Oh, I got other covers the three for you. demons. The three demons are wearing surgical masks. Like if you're a demon, you're about to cut up a guy. Why are you going to even bother with the mask? surgical yeah. mask? And the guy who's not under, by the way, so he's had no anesthesia, can fully see these demons, is screaming, "No, no, I'm here for an operation, not an execution." Get the hell! Oh wait a minute! He strapped down to the table. Well, that yeah. should have been your first thing. Something was wrong there, Sherlock. When they strapped you to the table, maybe you're not getting that appendectomy. But it's still the demons with the surgical mask. And, Ma- um, yeah, maybe the common cold can take out a demon. I don't know. <laughs> well, and you- um, I got three copies of the most hilarious comic book cover I've ever seen. And you guys can have these if you want because they're worthless. Oh yes, I will definitely take this because it's they're, they're all the same book. Yes. Oh, I'm definitely it's, taking yeah. one of these. Yeah, it's I'll take it's this. midnight, the witching hour, number thirty nine, February, I think seventy four. I think. Um anyway, what is on the cover is a a witch <laughs> holding up a lantern showing a guy's face on a mummy. All right, and to her uh, uh, to the other side of the of the of the cover is a man with no face, and he's screaming out of his face. That's not there, by the way. Which is not there. <laughs> says, my face, what, what have, have you, you done, done with, with it? it? All right. And the witch is saying, here it is. I stole it forever. Like, this looks amazing. How are you going to show him that <laughs> if you just took his eyes away from him? Right. 
Why are you going to point to somebody you just stole their face from? I mean, I understand he still has his ears. But is that part of the torture? Here it is. It's over there. I'm pointing at it. Go over there. And how is he talking? That's the point. That's why it's so <laughs> hilarious. That's this why it's so hilarious. Absolutely amazing. I cannot wait to read this. And, now, the, the, sto and the stories are the same. They're, they're so nerf. It's hilarious because... And then there's all the there's like sexism. It's like stay here, darling, because well, we're men and we have to check it out first. The bad thing about this too is you know, at least more than one person, probably everyone who picked this book up in 1972, looked at the cover and so went, "This is absurd." Okay, this makes no sense. That's why I know it. That's why I have three copies of it. When his face is physically not yeah. on his body. That's why I think it's hilarious. That's why I have three copies of it, and I had more. I sold them all. I, I will admit, Witching Hour was one of my go-to comics back then for the horror, but I think I, even I would have looked at that and went, wait a minute. <laughs> but then again, when you're talking about horror movies in the 70s, it's like the ones that were successful were the ones that were like they made people laugh. Right, exactly. You, know, you got to... You can't really discuss horror comics or the genre without also talking about movies because during this era, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, people were making a lot of horror movies, and so that's why a lot of horror comics were selling as well. All right. Is that a... What do you got? Oh, that's the, that mango horror one I showed oh, okay. you. You want to borrow it and figure it out? Uh, no, hell no. <laughs> I do have this Miss Marvel one. You guys said that these are pretty... I looked it up. It's like people are selling this for like 50 bucks. Oh, right? yeah. Miss Marvel, she's hot right now. Oh, yeah. That's a nice looking... Uh, and the comic nice is too. Book. <laughs> Walker was the only one who got that. What'd you say? <laughs> What'd you say? I said, Miss Marvel, she's hot right now. And the comic is oh. too. Oh. Yeah, you got a, yeah. got a little bit of leg here. <laughs> yes, Randy's oh, just being of, an old man. Speaking of showing some leg, uh, I, th I can't remember if it was this Black Magic or this Witching Hour comic book, um, but there was this, it's all like narrated from a, like a witch's, a witch's telling you the story. And there was this one panel where the witch is like spinning the story. It's kind of like a Tales of the Crypt kind of thing. Crypt Keeper kind of thing. It's like, this, these are the stories I'm telling you. But there's this one panel with the old, raggedy, you know, uh, Mrs. Beasley type witch. <laughs> okay, well, stop. <laughs> what? Now, now I'm going to reveal too much knowledge. Mrs. Beasley was Buffy's doll on Family Affair. She wasn't a real person. <laughs> no, I was talking about the lunch lady from Archie Comics. Anyway, um... Come on, Randall. Keep it up. It was Miss Beasley. <laughs> okay. Wow. Keep up, Randall. I'm Come gonna, on. I'm going to go in this corner over here. <laughs> and, uh, she's, there's this one panel where she her like cloak, her witch cloak, is like kind of pulled up past her knee. But it's like this old raggedy, bony thing. It's like, is this witch trying to get me to... <laughs> Are you... The witch is trying to get busy. Trying to seduce me. You're trying to seduce me, Sabrina's mom. Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to have to have a whole show dedicated to CCA and the things that they banned and the, and the things that you can and, see. And the results of it. Well, and and the, and the instances where they said, no, you can't do it. Do it this way. And it actually turned out more provocative well, if they well, did not, it that yeah. way. Well, not to mention, I, and I don't remember the cover right off the top of my head. I'm going to have to find it for the show, where there's an actual CCA on the cover and... Uh, there's actually Black Canary tied up on the cover. I think, wait a minute, isn't this one of the things you said you couldn't do? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, so, oh, yeah, horror comics. That's right. We have a theme this week. What, <laughs> who'd have thunk it? Um, a couple others that are really good out there, and I apologize. I believe I'm pronouncing this right because it's spelled, spelled differently, is Witches. 
which is W-Y-T-C-H-E-S. And this is actually written, I didn't know this, by Scott Snyder. Hmm. So that alone should tell you that it's a huh. good book. Yeah. And I think that one is also when it only ran like six or seven issues. So you can easily get that whole run in back issue bins and probably even find a trade paperback. I'm going to have to get that one myself because everybody's been raving about that. I've seen it on at least three different articles so far when I was looking into horror comics itself. And then another one, and I meant to bring this for Mad and I forgot about it. I've read the first two volumes. is Lock and Key. Oh, right, right. Lock and Key is actually really great. It's, it's all about this family. There's a violent murder of the father, and the children move to the house of their uncle. And then you find out that there's like a skeleton key that opens a door outside that when you open it from inside, goes someplace else than where it actually is on the outside. That's dope. I definitely want to And there's that. a creature like living in a well. And, and at first, only the youngest son knows there's anything going on in the house. Everybody else, like his mother, his older sister, his older brother, his uncle, they're all like, you know, what are you talking about? You know, it's, there's nothing going on here. It's like, you don't see the thing in the well? And they're like, no, don't, don't go in there. It's, it's dangerous, you know, the, the woods right or what have you. And it's, it's a really great book. I'm going to bring you. Yeah, definitely. In fact, I might have to swing by Wednesday because I'm, I'm off before I fly out. I might have to bring that by and drop it here at the studio for you. Okay. What is, what is this you're showing me? Yeah, show him the knee. The, yeah, look at the, uh, the other top left corner. Top of the, left corner. Top left corner. The witch showing the, the, the knee. The witch showing some leg. Yeah. Showing some leg. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's a little weird. A little weird. Maybe I'll take that. I'll take a picture of that and put it on my Instagram page. It's like, this there, is weird. There you go. Happy Halloween. This is weird. <laughs> Trying to make this witch sexy? It's not like it's Sabrina. <laughs> I, well, I, Which would be right up your alley, Archie you know, it's funny. It's funny you said that. <laughs> the new Sabrina series is on. I'm not sure if I, I'm still finishing Haunting in Hill House. Yeah, the, uh, exactly. The new Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was on. And yeah. I saw the ad for it the other day. And I went, that actually looks pretty good. Right. And I was going to make sure that I put it on my DVR. And now I'm seeing on my Facebook feed that apparently it already aired. I'm like, well, damn it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's already aired. I, saw, I watched the first episode uh, a couple nights ago. And- I, I did, had a little hard time getting into it. Is it drama-y? It, it just, yeah, it just didn't really appeal too much to me. Is it a little bit too Smallville? A little bit too no, too Riverdale-y? Not quite. I mean, I, I it kind of wasn't Riverdale-y enough for me, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it was. It was just, I, I just, I, I, I spent more time, you know, playing games on my phone and stuff than I did watching it. Maybe I have to go back and give it another try. Maybe I was just a little distracted at the time. I don't know. Now that's... Do you play games on your phone when you, re- when you read comic books? No, I don't. That's a CW show, right? Yeah. Uh, no, it's Netflix. Oh, yeah, Netflix, yeah. That's uh, Netflix. Well, Netflix exclusive. Okay, there we go. Never mind. So it's probably good. Never mind. Well, it's just, I have a real problem with Netflix, other than the fact that I don't have any real internet and I can't stream these things. I have to rely on friends to burn them for me. Ooh, did I say that out loud? Um, you shouldn't. But my other problem is, your Netflix, your whole business model was built on sending out DVDs to, of movies to people, but yet you don't put your own freaking series on DVD. <laughs> can you explain this to me? They've done it with Stranger Things Season 1. But I can tell you there are other things that when you go looking for it and you try to put it in your queue, it says unknown for length of time. And I'm thinking, you built your business on the exact same thing that you don't have for your own series right now. Because before too long, they're not doing it because before too long, DVDs and Blu-rays are going to be gone. Yeah, you're and there's, so there, there, old. There, there's not going to be any reason to Shut have up. them. <laughs> there's not going to be any reason to have them. So why, so why make them? You know? Okay. I mean, I'll, and, and, I'll tell you exactly why. I know why I don't have internet and don't have any real internet because of where I chose to live, okay? And it's a matter of the cable company and my county having this contest 
over who's going to pay to run the line. I get that. But I want you to tell me about all the people in Midwest America where the infrastructure is just not there. Why you're taking away – it's not there. You, you laugh all you want, Madman, but let's face it. Cable's not run out in some of those places, and I know they would like to watch some of these shows too. Is, is there a big enough – market to make it worth their while to sell it to the people in the middle of America? Is there, are there enough people out there that are going to buy it to make it worth their while to do it? And I'm guessing they've done the research well, and found out the answer is no. I guess we're going to have to sidebar this on another conversation right. because right. I can because tell we you... Because we got to get back to horror comics. Well, I'm, have I've, we ever gotten there? Oh yeah, we, had, we ran up <laughs> a few. We, we digressed quite a lot today. Hey look, X back. So <laughs> didn't know that where he went. Is that James McAvoy? Exactly. So it looks like it's going to be a bit of a short episode tonight. I apologize for that, guys. Uh, we're not too big on the horror comics, but that's all right. We'll have a lot more next year when we do our second annual Halloween show. I think we did pretty well tonight. Yep. And uh, join us on the first day of school and where we'll have an all-Archie episode. There you go. You know what? You laugh. If you want an all-Archie epi- all episode, I will gladly do it, brother. I will. I, I think we'll wait for I you to get back and we'll do I that. I accidentally have all this don't, Archie stuff in my head. Don't throw the gauntlet down. I will pick it up and slap <laughs> you back in the face with it. We'll do an Archie episode. I am not opposed to it. Damn it. I think I blew my water with yeah, all my best yeah, stuff. Yeah, you did. Um, so before we go, I do want to give another thank you out to um, – Davey, Bobby, and Jimmy of Calabrese at calabreserock.com for allowing us to use yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, uh, Vampires Don't Exist off the Vampires Don't Exist off the Traveling Vampire Show album. Thanks a lot, guys. If you get remember, some time, come down and see us, yeah. Remember, we do have a Facebook page. We now have a Twitter, thanks to Thomas setting it up. Which Thomas, what's the Twitter address? Lost in the Long B1. All right. And we have a Gmail account, which is lost in the long mucks at gmail.com. Just let you guys know, um, I am out. Next week and the week after, so I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of both Madman and Thomas. I'm sure they'll have a couple of great uh, subjects for you. Probably Even, Archie. Probably Archie. No, you, you can't do that while I'm not here. I want to be in on that conversation, damn it. So, yes, think of something else. You no, know, Talk about, uh, I don't know, funny animal comics. We'll find something. To You'll talk. find, we'll something. find something good. Don't worry. Exactly. But anyway, until next time. We'll be down here wondering, what are the horror comics like in the monster world? Do they have, like, Weremen by Day, Tomb of Humans, or House of Mundane? <laughs> because why? Because we're lost in the long box. Yes, we are. <laughs> have a good night, everyone. 